Yeah, I mean, it. You know, your lips work much better <laughs> when there's balm on them. Coming to you from Minneapolis, Minnesota. A conversation about the great and sometimes not so great outdoors. I'm your host, Lynn Melling, and I'm Jody Gruen, and we do this for fun. Hey, it's Lynn. And it's Jody. We are here at our favorite recording spot, the Trailhead at Theater Worth Park. It's just a beautiful, beautiful afternoon outside. Yeah, I think we should take a moment for gratitude for the weather. Yes. And for the public servant that we are about to interview. Our guest today is Ms. Mary McKelvey, a.k.a. Mary for Parks. Mary for Parks. <laughs> <laughs> She's well known in the community as an educator in both schools and on the trails. She's an avid skier, cyclist, runner, hiker with big accomplishments. The latest addition to her bio is her run for Minneapolis Park Board as commissioner. Um, I made a beeline for Mary here at Worth a couple weeks ago as I saw her ride by with these giant signs that said, let's, let's say it together, Lynn, Mary, Mary for Parks. And we knew we had to get her on We Do This For Fun. Mary, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> Thank you for that musical intro. <laughs> so, okay, Mary, we're going to get to chatting about your run for uh, Park Board Commissioner in a little bit. But first, we want to dive into what do you do for fun? And clearly being outdoors. I mean, if you're, if you're that invested in parks that you're running... Mary for Parks. Yeah, parks. Tell us about the outdoors and and why you love you why you love it. Well, I like being outdoors all year round, but I especially feel like I'm winning when it's really cold outside and when I'm indoors, I really have the inertia to not go and when I get out and I'm dressed properly and I I'm having fun and I'm warm and I'm enjoying myself and the sun is even more beautiful in the winter than in the than mm. in the summer. Uh, I just get an adrenaline rush. So, so going outside in the winter time is what you do for fun. Yeah. Okay. What are those things in the winter time outside that you do for fun? Well, mostly ski. Okay. I'm a cross country skier and a cross country ski racer, but I enjoy all levels of skiing. So. I'm fine just cruising, mm -hmm. and when I'm on the slate to coach, I choose coaching the beginners because that's the most satisfying <laughs> for me. Um, but yeah, I like going downhills. I like a little risk. I like a uh -huh. little. <laughs> it's that adrenaline rush. <laughs> yes. Are you a classic skier or a skate skier? I do both. You do both. Do I'm you kind a of a fair weather. Okay. Skate skier, fair weather, classic oh, skier. Okay. This makes me feel good because a lot of times I go out skate skiing and the trail, like it's really icy. Jody has seen me, yeah, like fall flat on my face before in the first time we went skiing. <laughs> you <laughs> fell on your face. <laughs> first time everyone. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It was really icy. <gasps> and I, but this is par for the course for me. But so I'm glad to hear that you do not feel the need to go in all conditions, that you can be picky and choosy and that's okay. Oh, well, actually, let me clarify. <laughs> <laughs> I read into that totally wrong. Okay. I'm making excuses for myself. Um, so I like to go in just about all conditions. Okay. Except for maybe puddles. 
Ah, okay. okay. Um, but what I'm, what I really like to do on a fresh snow day, I really like classic skiing yes. because that's when you can easily put wax on that is just right, and the tracks can be groomed really well and straight. Um, there are a lot of times when it's frozen and melted and frozen and melted, and that is a time when I'd rather skate. Okay, okay, question for you about the wax situation. Yeah, I don't, I don't I understand don't that. that. What's the I deal mean, with I wax? I mean, I bring my skis into Hoygards and I mean, and they do something to them, and then I get them back, and that's what happens. But I know that you're supposed to actually care for your skis. And can you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, the way I like to say about it is, don't stress out too much about it. Oh, okay. Don't let it get in the way of your enjoyment. Think of wax, especially glide wax, like lip balm. Oh, I can do that. Okay. Yeah, that, yeah. Like, that, right. that actually this makes sense to me. This is a good analogy, all right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it. you know, your lips work much better <laughs> when there's a balm on them. <laughs> this is Cheryl Mary for Parks. <laughs> <laughs> this is an analogy I can appreciate. <laughs> Finally, somebody speaking my language. Yes! Uh, so that's for skate skis or that's for like you know gliding well (laughs) what about do you do the um what's the thing the ski thing you go downhill but your feet come out of the back of it are you talking about when you when you're at a downhill ski area yeah um that's telemark yes Uh, do you do that I used to. I think oh. I would like to again. Um, that, I just, that looks terrifying. Terrifying. Me. Yeah. Um, so it's actually kind of like dancing. Huh. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah it re- um, I like to do it here. I haven't done a lot of downhill skiing since I, I have two kids, uh, 18 and 20. And um, I haven't done a lot of downhill skiing since they've been around. But except for when we go as a family, then mm-hmm. we then we do that. But. Uh, I'm probably the most avid downhill skier of the family, so that's fine. We can do other things. Okay. Um, but the telemark skiing is um, you have to have one leg in front of the the other, and it's a matter of your downhill ski leg really putting uh, the most pressure on the the snow, and then you you lift up on it and put your other ski in the downhill. It sounds ski really side. complicated. Yeah. yeah. Like dancing, then. <laughs> yeah, which I'm not good at that either. <laughs> so, okay, so Mary, so you you love the outdoors, especially cold weather outdoors here in Minnesota. So I would love to know, running for parks, running, Mary for parks, running for the parks board, <laughs> what um, compelled you to, I mean, you're busy, you've got two kids, clearly you're a busy person. So um, I would just love to know, yeah, what, what, what? compelled you to do this? Yeah, that's a really good question. It's been a journey. Uh, I've been paying attention to the park board for about six or seven years. Um, We're sitting here at the trailhead, which uh, was a really complicated uh, but very successful effort between the park board and uh, a nonprofit, the Lopet Foundation. And to make that work well required um, a lot of um, good communication, a clearer memorandum of understanding and all sorts of things. Um, and I have been involved with Lopet Foundation programs since before that. And I, I started asking the executive director a lot of questions about how could how could this happen? How, how will this work? And mm-hmm. who owns what? Who's in charge? Yeah. And, and 
So he invited me to just uh, participate and kind of watch what's going on. And um, I watched how it happened with the park board and uh, how we had support until the very end. And then some, uh, it, there were some things that didn't seem like <laughs> how we were treated as citizens who we were asking about it. There was a, a controversial vote, and that made me really um, look carefully at the park board for mm -hmm. several years. I've been watching politics through the League of Women Voters, especially parks, um, watching the park board. There's a, a board of nine commissioners. Uh, and I think that the board should get along. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> for the most part, even when they disagree, I think they need to uh, work with each other productively and work with the staff and work with other agencies like the city and the county and the state to get the best park system for all of us. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the parks board is it's not an often in the public eye. People forget that it even yeah, exists. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, you see the Minneapolis Park Board. You see the signs everywhere, but I don't think we actually think about the fact that there's like human beings on a board that are actually making decisions about these places that we visit. Mm -hmm. And those human beings have agendas as well. Mm -hmm. And actually, uh, it really helps to not live in Minneapolis for a while and come back and and go around all of the lakes that have public access. Mm -hmm. uh, the chain of lakes having all of that public access, that is so unique to Minneapolis, mm -hmm. and I so appreciate it. And anyone who visits me from Minneapolis can't believe that that's really something really? that we can do. Huh. I mean, and the fact that we have uh, a park within six blocks yeah. of just about every resident in the city uh, is really unique. Yeah. Um, people have said, oh, you have such a green city. And I've come to believe that it's the best thing about Minneapolis. Yeah. And I want to take care of it. Yeah. Um, you say that I, I, another thing, I have been busy. I'm a substitute teacher and I'm a coach. But all those things can work with being on the commission. And also, I have to say, my kids are of the age where it's they kind of like it that I'm busy doing something else. Sure. Mm -hmm. yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Good old, good old distract yep, mom. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, I think I think they've almost come around to the the idea that it's kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. I think they're even like telling their their friends to vote for me. <laughs> I oh love that. Gosh, that's Big a that's deal. A, yeah, that's like a hard... they're posting it on like their Instagram and their TikTok. Oh, that's next. Yeah, that's mm. hopefully next. Uh -huh. We'll get them through. Get out the vote. Yeah. <laughs> So to you, so parks are important. Mm -hmm. Can you just share with us why they're so important to kind of our community and to like our citizens and our children and our seniors? I mean, it's my understanding they're good for everybody. Why? I mean, <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I've always just been drawn to green spaces personally, but... Last year, it really became super clear that we need green spaces and places to be gathering that are public spaces, healthy spaces. We don't have to worry about getting COVID in these spaces yeah. because we have fresh air. Yeah. And if we don't have fresh air, we're going to notice it there and do something about it. I mean, we better have fresh air in mm -hmm. them and we need the trees that our city provides to keep uh, 
keep us all yeah. healthy. Yeah. What would you say your number one agenda item is as you go into, like, what, what would you love to see in terms of your, your vision for the future of parks in Minneapolis? Uh, my voice on the nine member commission will be focused on youth programming. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I mean, there are so many important things about the parks. Uh, I just feel like I was a middle school teacher and that's still kind of my favorite age, even as a sub. Wow. You're yeah. brave. Yeah, you are. <coughs> I, I have a middle <laughs> school son. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Me and, too. and if you think about it, um, the parks programs are really great for kids up to about age 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. And then high schools have competitive programs. Clubs have competitive programs if your family can afford Florida, to put you yes. in that. But it drops off at, age, at about age 12. And right at the point when, kid, when kids want to know who they are, what's my identity, am I an athlete, am I an, am I an artist, am I a nature lover, I feel like there is a really great opportunity in the parks to provide both beginner programming, exploratory programming, non-competitive programming, mm-hmm. just things for like a place for kids to be that, and be doing yeah, something productive. You gave me chills as you were saying that. I couldn't agree with you more. And with all of the sports, and th- I mean, I feel like we've been feeling pressure as moms since they were little to get them involved in something and have them stay in it forever. Mm-hmm. And then and it for and for it to be competitive. And, and you for have it be, to yeah, win exactly. You've got to be good. And and we're going to spend all of our weekends at the soccer field mm-hmm. or the blah, blah, blah or whatever. And then everybody's sort of losing. Mm-hmm. And then eventually the kid wants to quit anyway. And right. you or don't want to. Or they well, don't they don't get chosen for, you know, the professional football team. Yeah. You know, like it, And then yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. There doesn't seem to be other options. Yeah. And so part of the pressure I think parents feel is like, I really need my kid really involved in something or else they don't have something. Mm-hmm. And I mean <laughs> the parks aren't gonna like turn you away right <laughs> you know, right yeah we're all part of this world and right you don't uh, have to try the... out to get on like get to go to the park you don't have to try out for the team yeah yeah I and and I think that we're actually moving away from team competitive sports there's definitely a place for it don't get me wrong mm-hmm. and I think that there's ways that the parks can make that uh provide more programming in a better community in a better communicated way because um, right now, say you guys wanted to start a basketball team just for fun with, with a group of gals, how would you do that in a park or where would you find a place to, to do that? I have no Try idea. going on the park system website and doing that. It's not easy. It's yeah. a, there's so much information and there's so much going on in the parks that it's really hard to figure out how someone could just use it in an informal way. That's a, yeah, because I have wondered that about like just doing like an informal like kickball game like mm-hmm. with families and then you go to where you think you could go and go just have a fun night with a couple other families, just a wholesome time with your kids and then all the fields are full, mm-hmm. like just at a local park. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, how do you navigate that as just a mm-hmm. general casual, you know, event? Yeah. So I don't know if this would be like a mission vision thing, but... What about having QR codes on the baseball fields and the courts? Oh, where you could just <laughs> where you could just like click on it and say, "Hey, um, you know, of course the park programs should get first dibs." Mm-hmm. But if you knew that, okay, Wednesday at eight, it's open. Click, 
you know yeah all right reserve your spot yeah. yeah i love that yeah and and it's 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 right there in front of you because often when you go to a park you're not going to go to a website and dig around to try to find that park you're there you're in person yep. you want that information right away and so mm-hmm. to be able to capture somebody's attention and capture their interest right there while they're at the park mm-hmm that's a great idea. Well, and it's a great marketing opportunity, too, to get people to come back, you mm-hmm. know. So, I mean, it, that would be a situation, too, where you might be somewhere and go, well, I don't know if it's worth it to come back and try or whatever. But, yeah, what a great, that's a marketing. It's brilliant, Mary. Jody's marketing brain is. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's going. The wheels are turning. Yeah. It's, it's going. And I also think it's more equitable than assuming that people can use the computer. Mm-hmm. I, th- I mean, I work with this Northside Adventure team, and we can do a t- tour of the place. I can show you some of the things that we're, we're doing including if you see the trailer over here, I don't know. Um, that is filled with about 30 bikes for kids. And Really? She's yeah. pointing to a big, giant, brown metal container Yuck. here at uh, the trailhead. Yeah. And so uh, all summer long, that trailer is, is, those bikes are used by many groups. And uh, because a lot of kids may, maybe don't have a bike mm-hmm. or they can't get their bike here. And we do mountain biking and all sorts of things. So where was I going? Oh, um, so the kids who may not have a bike, all of the kids who are older than 10 have a phone. Mm-hmm. No, That's yeah. a good point. Mm-hmm. No matter what they're... Don't let my son hear this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe older than 12. Okay. <laughs> um, but I'm, I was just saying it's more of a... a um, I think that phones are available to a wider range of socioeconomic groups. Yeah, mm-hmm. the accessibility factor. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, Mary. Well, this is, we could talk to you all day, but we need to take a really quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get Mary's top tip. We Do This For Fun is supported by 515 Productions, a high-end video production business based in Minneapolis. The website is 515productions.com. And did you know that Jody is also a health and wellness coach? Check out her website at jodygruen.com. If you like this podcast, we'd love your support. Please rate and review us and hit subscribe. Learn more about us at wedothisforfun.com. Welcome back, Mary. We have established that you like to be outside in the wintertime, skiing for fun. What, if if listeners listening to this want to follow in your footsteps and do these kinds of things outside, what is your top tip for them? Take the first step. Yeah. Like really just go out the door and come and just check it out. Maybe not even not even plan to do anything in particular except for be in the space and then and then check it out but also another thing to know is that you do not need to have the best equipment to have fun i love that so much because it is all about having fun at the end of the day Mm -hmm. if you're not having fun you're missing the point right yeah i love that so um some people really enjoy talking a lot about equipment and wax <laughs> yes, and all they that do. Kind of We stuff. have two husbands <laughs> who do that at nauseum. Incessantly. <laughs> yeah. Don't let that stop you. You do not need all that. Just I love bring that. your lip balm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and your wax. <laughs> but um, there are a couple things that enhance um, the experience that are really kind of little 
that really make a difference. One is the thing that keeps me warmer than a big puffy coat, which by the way, don't wear, like wear thin layers and just wear anything but cotton next to your skin. Okay. Anything but cotton next to your skin, but also the, the neck thing, the buff. Oh, yeah. yeah. The very thin neck thing. If you put it under, like just below your lip on your chin and put it over your ears, having that increases your body temperature and keeps you warmer than just about anything. Mm-hmm. That's it's my favorite piece of equipment. Do you put a hat on top of that or do you just yeah. wear it? Okay. You, uh, you can. Okay. I get, I, you know, cause that's something that I, w- when I'm outside in the wintertime being active, I get like my lungs get really cold. And so having that buff even over, yeah, like, Oh, I put it over my, my up into past my nose and mm-hmm. that just keeps me from feeling like my lungs are going to blow up from cold air. Oh, I have a mm-hmm. question for you. Mm-hmm. When your goggles and glasses get all steamy because it's cold and you're breathing, what do you do about that? Is there anything that can be done? Or does that not happen to you? Or I lift we, them I'm up breathing. for a bit. Okay, <laughs> just lift just up. Doomed. Just do like your defrost system. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> your own personal defrost system. All right. Uh, there is um, some kinds of cleaner that keeps it from okay. staying fogged. Okay. I I personally haven't. Used I don't that need to add to any know. chemicals to my life. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. All right. Keep it pure, people. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mary for Parks, thank you so much for being with us. It's been delightful to talk to you and to talk someone to talk, talk to someone who is interested in public service because yeah, um, you know it's it's a big commitment and it's putting yourself out there. So um, just been delightful to talk to you. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank yeah. you so much for letting me talk with you. For everyone listening, we hope you've enjoyed this conversation as much as we have. As always, we invite your questions and comments. Please send them to WDTFF. Oh, I'm sorry. We do this for fun podcast at gmail.com. We, yeah, we, we like to use abbreviations <laughs> too much. People. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm, yeah, we're trying to be young and hip. <laughs> um, as we wrap up this episode, um, consider this. Altogether, Minneapolis um, Park and Rec Board properties receive about 26 million visits annually. Parks provide gathering places for families and social groups and provide these for all ages and economic status, genders, etc., regardless of ability to pay. It's a big deal. Um, Parks have great value to communities um, and provide us with pride and cohesion. Um, A quote to leave you with, parks and playgrounds are the soul of a city. I think Mary for Parks would agree, as she has taken a lot of time to make some good things happen for us here in Minneapolis. Um, Our challenge for you this week, escape the everyday and visit a park. Just kind of what Mary was saying. Um, One you love, one you visited before, take it in, consider its importance, and if you're voting in November, vote for our parks. And don't forget to have fun out there. As always, we welcome your questions and feedback. Email us at we do this for fun podcast at gmail.com. We'll be dedicating future episodes to answering your questions. So let her rip, whether it's about gear purchases or tampons and IBS in the wilderness. We don't judge. Been there, done that. Nothing is off the table. And thanks for listening.